0: Good evening, everybody. What's going on? And welcome to yet another episode of Generation Now podcast. I am your host, Jalen Malone, and I am so excited to have each of you tuning in to this episode on today. But listen, I don't want y'all just tuning in, but I want you guys to tell me who's viewing. Let me know that you're watching. Let me know what's going on, where you're viewing from, because we are getting ready to have this conversation Absolutely. But before we do that, I just want to let you know all know that my guests are here. We've talked, we've chatted, and we're so excited to be able to share this conversation with each and every single one of you. But comment and let us know that you're watching and that you're here as we are preparing to have this conversation. For those of you all who are watching or listening to Generation Now for the first time, I am your host, Jalen Malone. And you are tuning in to the Generation Now podcast. What is Generation Now? For those of you that don't know, Generation Now, the now stands for now on watch, and it can be interchanged interchanged with naturally on watch. Uh, Generation Now was created to be a beacon of light for today's emerging Christian leaders, which are probably some of many of you all who are watching us where on this podcast, we dialogue topics impacting our lives, and we want to hear what God is saying concerning the matter. And for that reason, on today, we are talking and dialoguing about mental health, and we are talking about the church. So we are so excited for what God is getting ready to do in this episode today. But before we do that, we have to go ahead and get the church announcements out, out the way, because let's just be honest, we all hate being in church and people wait till the end of service or right before the word to do the, 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 the announcement. So let's just go ahead and get the church announcements out the way so that we can hear what the people of God are saying and what God is saying as well. So with that. Those of you who may be watching this podcast but are shacking with us or don't know where to watch it or what that is, I want you all to go over to my YouTube channel or to our YouTube channel because here at Generation Now, we're just one big family. So go over to my YouTube channel, our YouTube channel, and subscribe to Generation Now. This is one way that you're going to be able to keep up with everything and listen, not only um, listen to it, but also watch it. And while we're talking about that too, go and check out my website. The website is www.jalenlmalone.com. Many people forget the L, but don't forget the L. The L L is for the lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Don't forget it. Jalen L. Malone. That's not my middle name, but we're just saying that on today, all right? So Jalen L. Malone. And what can you do over there on my website? You can listen to Generation Now right there on my website you can do booking requests you can subscribe to my youtube channel you can check out my merch store you can see my portfolio for those of you might need a graphic designer you can request a quote and so much more it's definitely there for you to to do but those of you who want to get more of generation now let me tell you as you're making them car rides to work your commutes to work going to church whatever it is that you're what you're doing you just want to tune in let me tell you you can tune into generation now on your favorite podcast Broadcasting station, whether that's iHeartRadio, Apple Music, wherever. Um, We are there, Spotify, for you to enjoy and listen wherever you want to listen from. Not only that, we still have our merch store up. We are still selling those five-fold ministry shirts. We know that the five-fold ministry is very important, especially as Jesus Christ in the New Testament was creating the foundation of the church. It was necessary. I'm repping mine today, letting people know that pastors matter um, and giving that reference there as Ephesians 4 and 11, um, because not only do pastors matter, but prophets matter, Teachers matter. Evangelists matter, Apostles matter. All of us matter in the in the kingdom of God because guess what? We are still in the game of winning souls. Um, in order for us to do that, we have to continue to move forward in what God has already given us. And what better way to advertise that you are a part of the kingdom of God than having your short um, and knowing that we still matter in the kingdom of God. Um, We also want to let you know that if you are not following me over there on TikTok, please take a moment to do so. We don't want Generation Now to only stay on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube, but we want to take it over there to the TikTok streets as well. And in order to do that, we need your help. So those of you who have TikTok, uh, let me know. I see Fee uh, jump from Instagram over to Facebook. What's up, Fee? Thank you for tuning in. Or she's on YouTube, actually. I see my brother Makai is here. What's up, man? Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Um, and why we are getting into church announcements as well, I have two more for you guys and we're going to dive into it. As I was telling my guests, there's many people that don't get to hear from me often, that don't get to see me often unless you are part of Greater Works Cathedral or where I pastor as associate pastor with the the youth ministry or uh, you're a part of Purpose of Life where I'm over the music department. You probably don't see me, Um, but this is the opportunity and the chance for you guys to know what is going on. So I want to be able to tell you guys what's going on in my life. I see my brother Xavier Carson is tuning over there on YouTube. What's up, brother? It's good to see you. But first and foremost, I want to let you guys know what we have going on at the youth department at my church. Uh, We have a show coming up on April 28th at 7 p.m. where we are calling it Greater Work, Scott Talent. This is going to be a fundraiser for our youth department so that we are able to continue, continually effective do ministry. How many do us how many of you all know that uh, the emerging leaders of this of this emerging church is so important? And how do we do that? We do that through our youth ministries. And so this Greater Work, Scott Talent is a way for us to raise money so that we can continue to effectively do ministry. Because let's be honest, it takes money to do effective ministry. And for us, in order for us to be able to reach our youth in this generation, we need your help. So how can you help? Come out to the show. We will be there at my church, Greater Works Cathedral, where my bishop, my pastor is none other than Bishop Jonathan D. Mason and Lady Rosine Mason. Shout out to you guys. I love you all if you are watching this um, here. But we want you guys to come out and be a part of Greater Works God Talent. And my last section for our church announcements is this I finished my master's degree. And so, because I finished my master's degree, not only did I finish my master's degree, but I finished my master's degree with all that I got going on. And if y'all really know me, y'all know what I got going on. But I finished my master's degree with a 3 6 in the accelerated program. Um, Which is huge, and I not only uh, graduated, but I'm one of the first people in the nation to receive the the e-social work practice certification, which is focused on the critical race theory. And I'm able to provide any social work practices online um, for anybody, whether you're in Indiana or in California or Texas or wherever. And so we're grateful for for what God is doing. And so I want to invite all of you who are watching me to my graduation, and my sister that you guys will be hearing from today as well, Lakeisha Johnson, will also be graduating with me as well. So you guys can join us on May 12th at 4 p.m. down there at IUPUI. And my open house will be the week after, May 20th at 2 to 5 p.m. at the Overlook on East 38th Street here on in Indianapolis, Indiana. And So I just want you guys to come out and join me um, as I'm celebrating my graduation and what God is still doing in my life. But without further ado, let me go over here to these uh, comments and see what people are saying. What are the saints saying? Uh, Fee said she has to subscribe. Sister Vivian said, hey, Pastor, what's going on, Sister Vivian? Everybody is saying congratulations. Thank you so much. It's great. Actually, I can put these comments on the screen. Fee there looking good, looking beautiful. There she is. I see other people are commenting. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you all so much. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. It is all glory to God. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with what God is doing. And I am uh, humbled as to what God is doing, not only in my life, but in the lives of others. I see Evangelist Susie is watching. What's going on, Evangelist Susie? But now that we got our church announcements out the way, let's go ahead and hi-ho cheerio to our conversation. If you guys are ready to get into this conversation, I wanna see the hearts, I wanna see the likes, I wanna see you comment and let me know that you are ready for this conversation. I know I'm ready, I've been nervous all day, I've been praying, I've been talking to the Lord about this conversation and what he's getting ready to do. And I want all of you guys to participate in this conversation. And as we're having this conversation, I don't want you guys to just listen, but I want you guys to be commenting. Comment, ask us questions because let's be honest. When are you ever going to see four, not one, not two, not three, but four black mental health professionals that are in the field doing the work that are not only doing the work and are in the profession, but are also saved having a conversation on mental health in the church? And so, for that reason, I want you guys to be commenting, asking your questions, giving insight, and participating in this conversation so that we can invite you guys into our kitchen table, as I love to call it. And so without further ado, I want to introduce my guests so that you guys can get to know them as well, so that you can put a face to the name. They are in no particular order. I just put them in order based on their last name. Uh, it is no big man, small man. It is no greater than the other. We are all one big family, and I am so excited to share them with each and every single one of you guys. So without further ado, I want to introduce First to you all, my friend, my brother, let me tell you guys a little bit about this individual. We met back in 2018 uh, with the National Association of Black Social Workers where I served as the secretary of the Office of Student Affairs for two years. And I met this young man and he and I hit it off with a group of of others of us. But let me tell you a little bit about him. Doctor now, doctor, so congratulate him. He just finished his doctorate degree. Dr. DeQuavion Cloud, is an innovative social worker with numerous years of experience working with individuals to resolve mental health issues and promote positive life choices. He received his master's in social work from Howard University. So if you're watching from HU, cheers to you, all my HBCU grads. He graduated from Howard University in 2018. And then he received his doctorate in social work from the University of Kentucky in 2022, which was just last year. He's recent, so congratulations to him. He currently serves as a public health investigator for the, I'm probably going to mess this up, the Mecklenburg County Health Department in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is an instructor for the University of Kentucky. So without further ado, I'm going to bring him on the screen to greet you all. Welcome, Dr. DeQuavion Cloud. What's up, brother? Hey,
1: what's good, brother?
0: What's going on, man? Talk to the people. Tell them something.
1: Oh, well, greetings, everybody. Jalen has already given you my introduction. I don't think I can say anything else. Um So, yes, um I... Uh, just got my doctorate degree last year. Um, what it, pretty much my research looks at unaddressed mental health for African American men. Um, so I'm uh, I'm excited to be a part of this conversation um, with the church. Um, I look forward to giving a lot of you know needed input when we're talking about mental health um, and religion. So thank you for having me on today.
0: Yeah, thank you for being a part, man. We're so excited to hear from you, Doctor Dequayon Clow. We're excited to have him. This next individual uh, we met through a, a, a mutual group on Facebook called Black Men in Social Work, which Dr. McCloud is also a part of as well. And so I'm excited to have him a part as well. So today we have Dr. Nichols with us. Um, and a little bit about him. He is the administrative assistant um, and pastor, Dart, as he is effectively known, uh, affect, affectionately known. He is a man that is full of enthusiasm. He's bold and, char- and charismatic. He is also focused on and excited about fulfilling the will of God. Pastor Dart has a way of connecting with all people on every level of life. He has a heart to accept people in the place where they are and allow God to change them through the power of the spirit and the preach word of God. His heart is for people has been displayed in a way that has not been seen in years. Going into the streets, reaching out to the lost and pulling the broken into a place of wholeness has been a part of the vision of his church, broken chains, breaking chains outreach ministries, where he is the senior pastor. Breaking Chains Outreach Ministries is in the eighth year of existence, has purchased two buildings and is a staple in their community. Dr. Nichols, who has his doctorate in theology, is anointed to preach and has a unique way of delivering the word of God with transparency, prophetic utterance, and demonstration of the power and glory of God. Hallelujah. Part of the continued vision of the kingdom of God outreach to the broken, bruised, and the lost through demonstration of the kingdom of God through his love, signs, and uh, signs and wonders, miracles, healing, and deliverance ministry. In 2014, Dr. Nichols was installed as the youngest superintendent in the Midwest in the agape Ecclesi- ecclesiastical jurisdiction. As superintendent over Freedom District, he serves several churches, oversees several churches, and is a voice of wisdom for several pastors. Superintendent was at, was installed as an administrative assistant and has continued to serve as an administrative assistant under the leadership of Bishop J. Drew Shear, which is the presiding bishop and prelate and chief apostle of the Church of God in Christ. He has continued to serve and travel to build churches, pastors and ministries, seeing their full potential, the gifts and talents in each ministry and the furtherance of the kingdom of God. So without further ado, let us welcome none other than superintendent, Dr. Pastor Dart as he comes. What's going on, sir? Tell us What's how good, you do it, everybody. What's up? I see your people in the comments saying B.C.O.M.
2: Oh, yeah, that's my wife. Hey. Oh, that's, wife. that's my wife. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what's good, everybody? I'm excited about the conversation. So let's rock it out.
0: Let's rock it out. Let's rock it out. We're so excited to have you, sir, and wait, and we cannot wait to hear what God is going to say through you on today. And last but not least, we have my sister, my friend, Lakeisha. I met her a little while back while doing some things in the city. She is always moving and always grooving. But let me tell you a little bit about Lakeisha. Lakeisha Johnson is a current a current graduate student at IUPUI, pursuing her master's degree in mental health and addiction. She provides therapy service to individuals who are experiencing first episodes of psychosis at Sandra Eskenazi Mental Health Center and group therapy to those experiencing addictions at Eskenazi's Adult and Addiction Center. She is an active advocate for her community and strives to break the stigma of mental health among the minority population. As a mentor, Bible teacher, and speaker, she uses God's word to uplift and inspire others. Lakeisha also works with those experiencing homelessness by forming outreach events to both feed and clothe those in need. She works with Mission to provide case management, counseling, and resources to women and children in need. And she believes that it is her due diligence to be the hands and feet of Jesus, all while intentionally pouring into others. So without further ado, let's welcome Lakeisha. What's up, sis? Hey,
3: everybody. I'm so grateful to be on here. Um, I'm super excited. I'm just praying that this conversation helps to bring some clarity and break some barriers within the church community about mental health. So
0: I'm ready to get into it. Amen. So without further ado, I'm going to bring everybody on the screen. Everybody is here. We are live. We are active and we are ready to dive into this conversation. And so, like I said, people, this is not a conversation where we're just talking to you, but we want you guys to get involved with this conversation. We're going to view this as this is one big family reunion and we are all catching up and having a good time in the Lord and not only learning about God, but also learning a little bit about our mental health. And so we're going to go ahead and start this conversation off with the question to the panelists, and I'm just gonna ask each of you a question. Start it off, I'm gonna ask one of you a question, and we're just gonna build from there and just have a conversation. And this is no particular order, it's just in the order that I see you. So first and foremost, Lakeisha, I'm gonna throw this question to you first, (laughs) because you're the first one that I see. So what do you believe is the correlation between one's spiritual health and their mental health?
3: Um, So when I look at mental health, I try my best to look at it in a holistic viewpoint. So I believe that the mind, the body, the spirit, all of that is connected, you know, it's one. So if one of them is being negatively impacted or if one of them is thrown off, then it's going to affect that other area, you know. Um, And I think that when you consider spirituality and mental health, those who have a strong connection to Christ, um, they kind of have something that they can pull from, if that makes sense. So when you even look at things like depression, a symptom of depression is hopelessness. You know, scripture tells us that our hope is built on Christ alone. So you being a Christian and having that strong connection to him, you're able to pull on that um, for the strength and the hope that you need with what you're experiencing. So that's kind of what I feel like the connection is.
0: Absolutely. Anybody else want to throw in on that?
2: So I guess I can chime in. So, um, I actually, I I guess I can pick it back off of that. I think there is a, uh, I think the connection is important. It, there is, let me, say, there is a connection, and I think it's important to identify that connection as believers, um, because uh, as we begin to think about the mind and how when it comes to those who believe that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, right, as the Bible says. Ultimately, that becomes a form of resiliency when it comes to dealing with how to cope and how to um, how to navigate what's happening in life. And as we all know, that resiliency is not about um, making my acting like my problems don't exist. It just means that I know how to navigate um, and Mm -hmm. how to how how to survive through what's happening in my life. So as believers and this and, and I stress this as believers, I do believe there's a direct connection between our spiritual health and our mental health. Um, the Bible says that, um, so a man thinketh, so is he and that out of the abundance of the heart, um, the mouth speaks. So what happens when my heart emotionally, um, is affected by what I've been thinking and what's happening because I don't realize that there's a chemical imbalance. And because I don't realize it, you know, every time I open up my mouth, I'm doing negative self-talk and so it's it's damaging everything around me. So as a believer, I believe there are direct connections between my um spiritual health and my mental
0: health. Yeah. Absolutely. I <laughs> couldn't <My goodness. laughs> That was good. And, and and the biggest thing about that is is that you know knowing and under not only knowing and understanding that there is a a connection, but understanding that in those times that that you do feel down that you do feel hopeless that even even if your mind is telling you that that's what you that that's what you are and that's the place that you're in that there's something greater down on the inside of you that is flowing that is going that you're able to pull on even in times that you're that you're having a hard time so even in those times where and it's kind of like like I kind of think of it like the principle of fasting. You know, we fast because we're killing our flesh so that our spirit man can be can be higher than our flesh. Right. And I think that a lot of times our our mental health goes in the same way. When our mental health, we might be having a moment with our mental health. We have to prepare ourselves so that our our spirit man is speaking louder or, or greater than what our mind is. Um, in, in the situations that we're faced with because I think it's great it's it's very important that we are persevering through these things. Um, and I think that a lot of times and, and we may talk about it later I don't want to talk about it too early but you know I think that a lot of times when we do go to the church it, it, sometimes people they get turned away. You know what I'm saying? Um, for a multitude of reasons. And we'll probably dialogue a little bit more about that. I don't want to talk about it too soon. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, I do want to
3: my- add something else. Yeah. 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 So because sure. I heard you say something about the mind. So and our feelings and our emotions. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'll always say this truth over feelings thing. Right. Um, I think that our feelings are 100% valid at all times. But sometimes we get so caught up on our feelings and so caught up on like these obsessive thoughts that we have um, that we're not able to diffuse ourselves. And I'm probably gonna use therapy language. So <laughs> if, when I say diffuse, y'all may not know what that means, but it means to like detach yourself from from a thought. Um, but I say truth over feelings because If you have, if you don't have the word to fall back on and the word is the truth, then that means that you're going to get caught up in your feelings and you have nothing else that you can kind of look towards, you know, and I'm grateful that we serve a God that honors our feelings and our emotions because he too has feelings and emotions, you know. Um, But at the same time, like, what is the truth within those feelings and those emotions? And how can we figure out what the truth is? Keeping our eyes on Christ, you know.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. Could not have
2: said it better. My so I, I, oh, do no, go ahead, Doc. Go, go ahead, nope. go I ahead. didn't have nothing. Go for it. I think Doctor Cloud was about to say something.
1: I, I have nothing to add to that one. But <laughs> okay. They, they pretty much have said everything. So I have nothing to add
2: right there. So, so now I, I am a, I am y'all. I love the Lord. Okay, I do. <laughs> I believe I am filled with the Holy Ghost. I struggle with the connection. Um, of mental health in the black church. I shouldn't say the black church. Let me just say the church. And here's why I struggle with it. And mind you, I am a senior leader in the church and I am a clinician in my secular job and a therapist. My concern and the thing that I struggle with is that the more we educate about mental health, the less people take responsibility for stuff, for their actions. It is frustrating to hear people self-diagnosing and yes. um, and then they become problematic in the church. And so um, and so I, you have to navigate it. And um, as I was, do I want to share this? I will. Share it. Um, so as, um, as I was going, matriculating through, you know, social work, school, and all of this other stuff, um, I've been working at my job for 15 years. I grew up at my job. And so um, and I work. uh, I am the case management supervisor outside of me being a therapist. I run the case management teams. Okay, And so as I was going through school, you know, I've had I've had some really rough journeys in my life. I've had some traumatic experiences, but I always um, I've always managed to overcome it. It wasn't until I was in school for social work that suicide. Um, suicide, suicidal ideation Became very prevalent to me And I said whoa What's happening here And the reason it became so prevalent to me Is because I was in school And I was exposed to it And I would find my mind creeping off into that stuff And so as a believer I had to do what the Bible says And we make every thought come into the command of Christ yeah. and like I I saw, said, Damn. So I said no 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 I said this ain't the enemy This is my thinking And I can control what I'm thinking um mm-hmm. uh, And so I, I see this a lot And I, I use myself as an example Because I, you know, I don't invite them, I'm talking about them So I see this a lot in the church To where people, um, as we keep Educating and making aware About mental health, people are Self-diagnosing and they are Becoming toxic and rather than taking responsibility And say, you know what I'm jacked up, that wasn't the other person I was the one who called the traumatic event I was the person who did this I triggered them and, and I'm sorry for it Right? Mm-hmm. But We I feel like sometimes mental health gives gives way to people not taking responsibility in the name of, oh, I have mental health. um, I have mental health issues. And the truth is, we all have some type of mental health issue. But we still have a responsibility in addressing our mental health. And if you look at the Bible, the prophet Elijah, when he went and ran and hid in the cave, he had no reason being in the cave. But he was struggling with mental health and Mm didn't have the audacity to say to God, I'm all by myself. There are other prophets left. And God said, who do you think you are? I still got prophets that even bowed to Baal. So come out of here. Go do what I tell you to do. And as you go on your way, I got some help for you. Anoint a new king, anoint a new prophet, and keep it moving. We have to take some responsibility in how we apply mental health in our church. And we have to be able to say, yes, mental health is real, but you have a part in this.
3: I'm shutting up. But I think that the responsibility and the accountability first starts with leadership. So if you have leaders within the church who are unable to address the simple fact that they themselves are wrestling with mental <laughs> illnesses or mental health struggles, then why me being a part of the congregation, you supposed to be my shepherd, but you've never shown me that this is okay for me to talk about. So how am I going to hold myself accountable if you've never shown me that this is the correct thing to do? So mm-hmm. let me not get too. No, deep no,
2: deep no, deep. no, no, no. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. No, go ahead, Dr. Cloud Go ahead. Cause I'm kojic I'll keep talking. So.
1: <laughs> Cause I, I, I think just going to answer the <laughs> question later, but since we're on the topic, you know, I agree with what everybody is saying, but I also believe that the church is, de- is very detrimental to people's mental health. I've always kind of believed that. Um, so I don't operate from, I operate from a holistic and non-holistic therapy approach. Um, so I kind of meet my clients where they're at. Um, and so most of the time when we get on the topic of religion or the church in general, um, and I and I can say this because honestly, as I tell people, I'm one of those therapists that I'm just going to tell you the truth. I believe that the black church is very detrimental to, to the mental health of African-Americans especially African American men and the reason I say that is because so often those of us who have grew up in the church me I grew up Baptist right from a Baptist household but when we look at the church and how the church treats mental health is always you know that's the devil talking got that demon on you it's a spirit you know you need to go pray it away you need to go see counsel. but what the issue what the issue is is that we're so busy telling people to run to the church but we're not telling them to run a therapy you know, and a lot of people always say that faith without work is dead. You know, you know, you have the faith that God will get you through it. But you also have to have, you also have to do the work to get to where he needs to lead you to. And mm-hmm. so I always tell people that for me, when I look at the church, the church is very detrimental. Now, on another breath, because that's a little, I also look at the two-sided, where you do have those pastors or your church leadership who are actually trained in mental health counseling, right? And I kind of believe that that, sh- that should be a requirement for most of the people in church leadership some type of mental health training, some type of mental health, uh, you know, anything that has to do with mental health because when people come to you, they might not want to go to a therapist, right? They might not want to see a therapist just yet because of their religion or their or their faith base. So the first person they're going to go, through it, go to is the person who they believe has the strongest uh, connection to God, i.e. my pastor, i.e. my, you know, uh, I don't know all the church titles, but I'm just going to say my pastor. So that's how I look at it. If we train, you know, and again, I'm agreeing, if we train leadership in the church, then we can be more instrumental in helping those with these mental health disorders, right? You know, we talk about accountability, and we talk about making sure that everybody is, able, is um, trained or everybody is able to kind of help help where they're led to be helped at. But we're also detrimental in the same aspect, because as soon as we come out of our mouth and say, pray to God, he prayed away, we're, we're telling them pretty much that you don't need to seek anything else outside of God.
3: Yeah.
1: And that's always been my biggest issue in my therapy sessions when I tell my clients, I, respe- I respect your religion and I-, and I respect your faith, but it's going to take a little bit more than just God to get you through what you're going through.
2: So I, I will have to politely um, agree with some of that and then politely disagree with other parts of that. Yeah. And here's why. Um, everybody in my church would tell you, I am there to be their pastor, not their therapist because I need to I need to minister prophetically at times so if I'm your therapist and your pastor uh, um, you you won't listen to me when I'm trying to minister for something you haven't told me right you're gonna think oh that's my therapist he knows he knows stuff right so I tell them I don't I can't be your therapist but what I can do is I know enough people and my resources to where I can say hey go to this person I do not believe that every pastor should be trained in mental health But I do believe that we need people in the church who are trained in mental health, because if we if we believe that a pastor has to have all the training, then um, it's unfair to one person to have to be to have to try to do all of that to all of these people. When you have all these different personalities, my job as the pastor is to garner resources and guide. And so if I don't have it, I know Dr. Cloud has it. So I can say here, here's his number. Call him. Tell him Dart sent you. If I don't have it, I know Lakeisha has it. I can say, hey, here's Lakeisha's number. I trust her. Call her. Let her know that Dart sent you, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have to to be the master of it all. I just got to be connected um, to the people who can do it, right? Somebody say, prove it. I'll tell you how. When Jesus had to pay his taxes, he did not pull money out of his pocket. He spoke and it came out of the mouth of a fish because he was connected to all things. Didn't mean that he had it in his pocket. So I just got to be able to um to be able to be connected to the four of you or to to uh, Ray Shipman, if y'all see him. He's a therapist that I know from here. And I send people with him all the time. So, you know, so you have to just be able to have the resources in your back pocket so we can be effective as an organization and an organism.
3: But I think it also starts with the church realizing that ministry just is not supposed to be done within the four walls. Come on, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like, how am I going to be able to give you the proper resources that you need if all I'm doing is just preaching to people who are already saved within the church? Like, our, you all know, That's a whole nother that's, conversation. That's it is. That's
1: why I'm going <laughs> to stop right there. <laughs> and I got to agree because I look at stigmatization as well as in the church sometimes. Yeah. I, I always preach, you know, doubts and I judge unless... Mm, I'm going to mess with the scriptures sometimes I like, doubt and I judge. But... Uh, stigmatization is also big in some churches as well. And I think that's another, another thing that we have to look at moving, moving in the future is that how do we kind of get rid of stigmatization in the church so people feel welcome to even, you know, come into the church or to have these conversations about mental health in the church? You know, like Dart said, it's his job, you know, to lead you to your resources, right? But if somebody feel like that, you know, if I go to my pastor about this, I may, I may feel judged, then again, we're, we're facing another barrier. Mm-hmm. And I, and I and I've had it happen before and you know with clients before that, that it was always that barrier of how am I supposed to oh you know get over this barrier if my own if my own church or my own religion may be against be against what I'm going through. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a good point. And let me and let me make it clear what he's saying. How I'm interpreting how I'm interpreting it is you know we as in the church, we and I just did a sermon on it. We come in which is a mental health issue with church face, we act as if everything is good on the outside, but on the inside, we messed up, we're considering taking our life, we're dealing with depression, we're dealing with anxiety, but we get to the church and somebody says, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. Oh, oh I'm doing good. God is just doing a mighty work. And on, on the inside, you messed up. And let's take it a little bit deeper than this. With pastors, me being one as well, we... We sometimes have things going on in our lives too, but the pastor can never have a bad day. We can never have a bad day. We can never say that we're we we we're going through, hey, I'm having, you know, I'm dealing with this, that, and the third, which inside of the church, we also have our own mental health issues that we have to resolve on the inside of ourselves. And yes, God is a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a way maker, a light in the darkness, a lamp unto our feet and a light, everything we need him to be, right? But sometimes we need a therapist as well. And I think yeah. they work hand in hand. And just like Pastor Dart said, we have to be able to have those connections that hey i am your spiritual leader because the pastor can't be everything to everybody because when that happens then you're creating an idol come on somebody we don't we don't we don't we don't ha- we don't need to do that but what we need to do is say hey we need to set up systems in our church that even though i might not have it even if i might not, not the one for you because i'm going to be honest with you i'm going to tell you i'm not i'm not going to have nobody that's a client in my church i'm just not going to do that that's I, I'm your I'm pastor I'm whatever it is I'm, and then on the other side I'm gonna send you off like pastor dart said to somebody that has the resources and the ability to help you and that's just how I see it when, you call you called it church face church face
2: I, I love that I'm going to steal that thank you very much <laughs> I'm going to you I'm going to incorporate that now so here is my here is my my thought about that. Um, Dr. Cloud, he said, what do you do when your belief system is making you feel stigmatized because of what you believe? Um, and I think that is a that is a very heavy question, um, because when you are brought up in something, this it becomes your thought process. And it is hard to unlearn what you've learned. Sometimes it is hard to undo Um, you know, it's hard to unlearn what you are taught from a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know people always say, uh, oh, I feel judged at the church. As a senior pastor, I had a lady who, who was always talking about folk, and she ended up having some kids out of wedlock a couple of times, right? So when she got to the last one out of wedlock, you know, she was like, pastor, I'm pregnant. I wanted to say, clearly, I can see. And I said, well, praise the Lord, right? And so... She told some people and everybody was, and everybody clapped for her. And then we didn't see her anymore. So when I finally heard from like a year later, she said the people were judging me. And I said, when, how? And she said, I, I, I just can feel it. And I said, baby girl, that was you. No, Nobody cared about you having another baby out of wedlock. Because you, if, if you don't live like we live, that's fine. Because at some point you just have to grow. So I think sometimes we use that being judged in the church when the truth is it's really us judging ourselves and it's never really the other people. And we have to be able to tell the difference to where, oh, no, no, it's y'all. Then you have to be say, you know, no, this is the enemy is the inner me. This is me doing this. Mm. I got to confront the inner me, And I am not this bad. I am. I am not. I am not worthless. No, no, no. And then go back and try it again. So I, I think I don't, I, I do know the church judges, trust me. I would not say that it does not because I've seen some stuff and I'm like, what is happening here? Um, but I think we, I'm very careful about talking about the church because it is the bride of Christ. And yeah. if anybody talks about my wife, you gonna get a whole nother side of me. Right. <laughs> so I'm very careful about not talking about Jesus and his wife. Right. <laughs> you know, so we, there are some, there are some systemic things that we do have to address, and the question is, how then do we, um, how then do we address it? Because our forefathers, they didn't have the information that we have. They they didn't have they didn't have w- what we have at our disposal, at our fingertips. And so, do we get angry at them for operating in all that they knew? Or do we grow and arise to the occasion right. uh, to, to create um, the church of today without changing the foundations of yesterday?
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's that's good. And I think that you brought out a good point. It's just a simple fact that, you know, we, we all doesn't matter our own walk of life, whatever, we all have learned behaviors. And sometimes we know that having those learned behaviors can sometimes be a struggle for us to overcome or or whatever it may be. And so we have to learn how to be able to balance those things and overcome those things even inside of the church as well. Um, so I think that, that, you, that you said something great. Dr. Cloud,
2: you see the chat, you see that question from Ava. Uh, yeah, I was Avia. Avia.
3: I'm
0: sorry. I, I, she, I said, said. she said, since I moved from Indy to Connecticut, sometimes I feel like I am in a boxing match fighting depression and epilepsy or a seizure disorder. How do I deal with this? Anyone can answer. So, hmm.
1: I want to see how to answer this one. And I'm going to answer it. Um. So, for epilepsy, we, we know epsilon is caused by, you know, loud noises, uh, you know, bright, uh, bright colors, bright, sa- uh, I don't know why I'd like say bright sounds, but we know those loud sounds, you know, those visual cinematic effects and stuff like that. So, for de- for dope, for um, with your seizure disorder, you just kind of have to, what I call, reduce your interactions with those type of activities, right? You know, you can still, you don't have to limit your life, but just reduce those activities, you know. Uh, you can get... I have some who have muted, uh, you put them in your ear, little mm-hmm. and and earplugs. Uh, we, yeah. like, it, like, it doesn't fully mute everything, but it mutes it enough, like kind of dampers the sounds. You can usually find us like Amazon, because um, I have some clients who have like that sensory overload issue. So those actually help them. Um, so it helps kind of dimper all that sound around. Um, same thing. If you wear glasses, like some of us wear glasses, you know, maybe a darker tint on your glasses, anything like that. So it'll kind of block out. Like yeah, if you're kind of going to a movie or you're trying to do something with fireworks, anything like that. I'm. Um, it'll kind of reduce you the force those full effects uh, um, to make an absolutely episode happen. Now, depression—that's a different beast. Depression requires you to wake up every day and say that I'm choosing me and choosing life. Mm-hmm. I always tell people this because depression is not one of those things where. You just overcome it in one day, one week. You know, depression is one of those things that sometimes you having the, you having a good week, you having the best week of your life, and then that next Monday you can't get out of bed. You listening to some, you in the corner, you in your blanket, everything turned off. You don't want to get up. You just don't want to go on. Depression is that daily fight that says that I want to get up. I want. I want to live my life. I'm going to live in the light and I'm and I'm going to enjoy what God has put me on this earth to do, and that is to be myself and everything that He has given me that He has offered me on this on this side of heaven. That's how I look at depression, because a lot of us suffer from depression, whether it's seasonal, whether it's uh whether it's depression that has been clinically diagnosed, a lot of us suffer from depression, and so we all have different things on how we handle our depressions. I know me. Uh, like when I came out of grad school, I had grad school depression. It was that re- it was that readjustment because I was out of grad school, didn't have a job. I was, and I was depressed and I didn't know what to do. And my family was there, but it was just kind of like, what am I supposed to do here? I'm still depressed, right? So it was just getting up every day saying, that I'm just going to live my life the way I know how to live it. And, you know, it was a day by day battle every day, getting up, getting up saying, I'm going to make the day a great day and i know you saying you ask because sometimes you'll be depressed you know having two two co-current you know conditions can sometimes be depression but the way i look at it is that you have a chance to fight every day to live your life in happiness and that's and that's just how i look at it you know sometimes we may get we may get depressed because we have something that we can't control but i don't believe that there's something to be depressed over I, I, and that's just how i look at it as a therapist because as long as you're managing it and, and you know, your life is going the way you want it to go, then you have something to look forward to every day. That's and
3: I just want to I just want to add this because I progress. know I know Avia personally. So um, even when I. It, OK, so going back to what I said earlier about if you have that great spiritual con- connection with Christ, that is who you can lean on for your support like pull pull on that pull on the strength of god um so that he can help you help sustain you through this process and also when you look at the relocation piece hang on to the promise that god gave you as to why he relocated you there as well
1: oh yeah because i was going to say look at how god brought moses out of egypt and what he took him to how he had to part the red sea right onto the promised land right How, how jesus how mary got led to the manger because he need to give birth to Jesus, right?
3: Come on. So that,
1: that relocation. Come on, sir. Now, I <laughs> I, now, I know my scriptures, I know my Bible. i was just gonna talk about it. <laughs> but you have to, look, if you want to look at it from the biblical sense as well, you gotta look at that. Sometimes the guy is relocating you for for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Now, the struggles that you're gonna serve, that you're gonna go through doing that, doing that relocation, it just means that he has a he has a better reward for you at the end. Right. When God placed Moses and them in Egypt, right? He, there was a purpose for why he needed to get them out of Egypt to the Promised Land, right? So that's how I look at it. For everything that you feel like is causing your depression, or you know it, that is causing an issue, look at what the bigger picture is at the end of the day. Because God is going to part your Red Sea and get you to your Promised Land. It's okay. going to take you a minute, but you're going to get there. And so once you re, once you reach that Promised Land, just give grace to God and just say, "Well, thank you." Yeah. so that's all you got to do is just say thank you. It don't need a prayer. That thank you is, is you saying, "This is my prayer." Thank you for getting me to where I was supposed to be at. And Absolutely. that's my that's my word. I,
2: um <laughs> you pronounce her name Avia Avia, Avia? Avia. Avia, Um now now I now I'm a mental health clinician and I'm a pastor. Can I can I tap into pastor mode a little bit? Is that Give okay? It to All, her. Right. All right. <laughs> All right. So Avia, um, so your second comment I asked because sometimes I would be de- depressed um because I have epilepsy. So let's 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 separate the two, um, because um, dep- your depression is not always directly connected to your epilepsy. So let's separate those and put those in their own two corners. Okay. So my first thing is, what is happening? What do you realize about what's happening inside of you? when You start getting depressed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, what 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 are the trends that are happening um, in in your life? What's happening in the season that you're in? Mm-hmm. Um, did You know did did a friend say something or did you feel like oh i didn't accomplish this like i wanted to accomplish this like what's happening when you start seeing that trend of your depression um so i will recommend that you create a thing called a safety plan and a safety plan is to where you start saying these things trigger me i know when this happens i end up in another season of depression so Mm -hmm. how do i fend off this depression okay I'll do some self-care things. I'll do some res- um, some resiliency things. Build some type of tools in the safety plan in order to do it right. But I hear the Lord saying that this this depression is coming because you have been seeking a new direction, which is why you, you got relocated and you have not said it to anybody, but you feel like what you've done was wrong and you're beating yourself up on the inside. The Lord said you cannot walk in faith and still doubt what I'm doing in your life. And Mm -hmm. he said, as you begin to walk wholeheartedly, And what I'm doing for you, he said, you will shed those unnecessary weight things that you pick up because you're trying to make it make sense. Your journey and your faith with God is not going to make sense. He says, but I given you this promise and I've yet to be a man to lie that I will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is continually stayed on me. So I hear God saying for you that as you are going through this, take your medicine for your epilepsy and then you fo- you follow those trends and patterns to your depression but don't allow depression to be de- to be the driver of your day you take back control of the car and say no yeah. no 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 no. this is where we're going and this is what we're about to do um i believe that the lord's hand is upon your life and what he is going to do in this season i hear it as clear as day he says i'm gonna say booyah i told you i had you so as you trust what god is doing He is going to open up the door and you will have peace. So even tonight when you sleep, you're going to sleep in peace. So I come against those, those terror thoughts, all of those things that you won't speak about at night. And I say, you will sleep in peace in Jesus name. All right, there we go. Yes.
0: (laughs) And I want to piggyback off that to encourage Avia as well, because the whole time that, that, that we've been talking to you, Avia, I know, I mean, that's my sister. Um, I wanna take a moment to encourage you because I don't feel like there's enough people around you that are encouraging you about what you've been experiencing. And I don't say a lot because that's just me. I kind of stay in the background and I pray for people and I push them out. I might like in heart or whatever, but I see what God is doing in your life and what he's doing through you. And I want to encourage you because I know that you like Ja'Kalen Carr and the entire time that I've been sitting here, the words to the song has been ringing in my spirit. The song says, I feel a shaking in the spirit. I feel a beating in the spirit. I feel oppressing in the spirit. Why? Because he's preparing me for greater. And God sent you to Connecticut all the way from Indianapolis because because you were being here, you were sheltered so much. You were covered so yes, much. Yes, and only for God to pull out the greatness out of you, he had to place you in a position where you were uncomfortable, where you had nobody else to rely on because you relied on so many people here. But in this season of your life, God is pushing you and preparing you for greater that you are not relying on anybody else, but you're relying on him. And let's just be Honest, that when God comes into a situation, He doesn't not only has to be there, but God just has to speak the word, and we can decree and declare that greater is coming to your life, and that even if God doesn't heal you on this side, that there is a promise that is going to come to you sooner than later. Whenever we meet God in glory, so I want to tell you that it doesn't matter what you're going through right now in Connecticut, and even though you're feeling the way that you're feeling, greater is coming to you. But how do you get that? You got to hold on. You got to be strong. You got to keep your faith, and you got to keep pushing because I promise you as well as I know God that I feel in my spirit that greater is coming for you yes. and and I would encourage you that that you play that song as you're going through as you're going through your day because I am decreeing and declaring of your life and standing in proxy with you that greater is coming for you and your life in Jesus name amen <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> let me find out I needed to uh come here with a sermon prepared.
1: <laughs> hey,
0: like did I did I miss the memo? Oh, <laughs> <Lord>. <laughs> I'm not about to play with you Hey, this is this is what we do this is what we do on Generation Now. It's all about what what God is saying in the moment. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um and, and that's what we do. But whew, I feel God. Okay, let's keep on pushing. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord. Let's keep on pushing. <laughs> Well, I feel like we've kind of talked a little bit about um some of these other things, um, these other two questions. So I'm gonna I'm gonna move to to um oh Lord, who mighty lamb. It's who I feel God. Well, I'm right.
3: like, uh, are gonna <laughs> keep going or do we need to stop and pray? Cause that's what I'm feeling.
0: Do you wanna pray? Hey, let's do that. Lakeisha, take a moment and pray for Avia.
3: I will. God, we come to you today in the name of your son, Jesus. Um, And we just want to lift up our sister Avia's name unto you. Father, you know everything that she is experiencing. You know all the feelings and the emotions that are tied to her being away from her family, to her being away from her church home, God. I just pray that in her times of loneliness, in her times of depression, um, that you just meet her wherever she is at, God. And even now, wherever she's at, Father, I pray that she just fills your spirit so heavily in the room, Father. Um, God, I pray that she comes to understand that you are with her, that you have promised to never leave her side, that everything that you have promised to her, she will see come to full fruition in her life, Father. Um, I pray that In her moments of weakness, God, that she exchanges her weakness with your strength. And even in the moments of her anxiety, that she exchanges her anxiety with your peace, Father. Um, God, I just pray that she is strengthened right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. And in your son's name, we pray. amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Mighty Lamb so let's 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 uh dive with this question i'm gonna I'm gonna throw this question to let's throw this one to to pastor dart because um, I want each of you to start off a off, off a off a question so why why do why do you think or believe that the church does not talk about mental health as much as it probably should
2: all right um
0: Or if you don't like that question, I can throw this one. No,
2: no, no, no. no, no, no. Okay, I'm go, from go. Detroit. We can handle anything. <laughs> what you mean? Come on now. I'm a, good, I'm a dude from Detroit. Like, I got this. Um, so first off, I, y'all are gonna think I'm crazy. I think um, when we look at the social economic classes uh, statuses in which we that most of the churches found themselves in when our parents and our grandparents were in charge people didn't get mental health because we didn't, we couldn't afford it. So the church was our only outlet. Prayer was our only outlet. You know, um, I to say shucking and jiving, um, praising God in the dance was our only outlet. So now we have, we, we have changed as a generation. Now we have insurance. Now we have education. Now we have all of these other things. Right. And so, Um, Because it was not our norm, you know, it's hard to make it the norm now. So I think that is part of the problem. The other problem is, is because the church secretly believes that if we lean upon therapy and mental health, then we weaken the power of God. And everything about God was tied into mental health. Mm -hmm. Jesus himself had anxiety in the Garden of Gethsemane. Like he himself cried out and like, wait a minute now, Pops, what's up? And so, but it was his resiliency in that that said, but nevertheless, not my will. You know, y'all know the Bible, you know, do what you do, pops, right? So, you know, so we we believe that it will lessen the effect of God, the power of God. If we believe God to touch a doctor to do surgery on my mama when she needs it, why won't God touch somebody to be a mental health clinician when my mind needs it? So we believe God to do all of this other stuff when it comes to our body, but we won't believe him to do it using, oh, let me rephrase that. We believe God to do all of this other stuff using people when it comes to our body, but we don't believe we need to use people when it comes to our mind. And so we have to be okay and understand this. And I'm a firm believer that God can heal and so can medication. So the truth is, if you're taking your medication oh and you believe in God, your healing is literally right next door. So keep doing what you're doing, right? So we have to be okay with the fact that this does not mean that our God is weak. This means that our God, as the Bible says, that Jesus was the great high priest taken from among us so he can have compassion on those because he feels what they felt. God allows us to have mental health treatment support because he loves us. His love makes him God. So when I accept his love, I accept the fact that if I go see a therapist uh, on Wednesday and go to prayer, um, prayer night on Tuesday, it does not make me any less of a believer, but it means I am fortifying my faith because my God said that he'll do these things for me. So we, we have to be able to tie the connection between God's love for us and God's God's warning us to be whole both physically and mentally.
3: I I think that, just speaking from personal experience, um, a couple of people I know that were in school, like, studying, like, psychiatry and psychology and things like that, that are believers. Like, I've had a couple people come to me and say, well, yeah, I stopped doing it because I felt like God didn't want me to just be, like, pushing pills to people or pushing medication. And I think about, like, my clients, because I work with people who experience first episodes of psychosis, and I'm like, no, you need to take your medicine, like... Let's be for real. Like when you when you consider those diagnoses of like schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder, things like that, like their whole lives, literally every portion of their lives are affected by the, the things that they hear, whether it's auditory hallucinations, visual visual hallucinations, like no matter what it is, their lives are affected by it. And some of them literally cannot function like their reality is not what real reality actually is. So, like, you need to take your medication. And it's not about us pushing pills to people or pushing medication to people. It's the simple fact that, again, people misuse the things that God has placed here on this earth for us to be able to utilize to to help people in their well-being. So if you're utilizing it in the correct way, then it's it's not being done wrong, you know? So, yeah, the whole pushing pills thing, that kind of blows my mind. But I digress.
2: I, I had a an incident to where somebody in my church uh, was on medication and it was obvious when they weren't taking it. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And so they had a baby and we had to have a, let's come to Jesus meeting one day because it was obvious they weren't on their medication. And I almost took this baby and walked out of the church and kept going because I did not feel safe you know, saying, all right, we just, so, you know, I I called 911 and I called the person's mama. "Uh Uh-uh, come here, get here quickly. Come get your grandbaby because something is off. So, um, you know, that person went on to go do other stuff. And a couple of months ago, they reached out to me and um, they were talking to me and about how I misled them. Uh, (laughs) How I misled them. And because they said I kept trying to force them to take that medication. And that's not what the Lord wanted them to do, and I ought to repent because I was now a lying prophet, right? So, so
3: I took not a- that
2: they called you a lying prophet. Oh, oh, yeah. So yeah, I took a deep <laughs> breath and and I was I was walking to the bank. I was like, oh, okay. And this was in in the this was in October, and so I was like, oh, okay. Hung up the phone, left well enough alone. I landed in the Bahamas because I had to preach in the Bahamas in December. I landed. And when I landed, turn my phone back on, I get a call from this person. So um, I'm being locked up. They're putting me back on my medication. Can somebody come get the baby? I said, I'm out of the country. Call your mama, right? Because she didn't realize that this whole time it was her not taking her medication that was pushing her further down this way yeah. ramp- and every time i will say hey take your medication did you go get your shot this month go take your shot trust me you might feel better you might feel different and so when we when we look at this um, we have done a disservice to our people to just say god going to do it yeah and it is unfair that some people need medication yes. not everybody some people need medication and, and and if you are if you are a pastor and you are listening to me and you have no training, do not tell your members not to take medication. Send them back to the doctor <laughs> and let them determine that. That is not your job, okay? No,
3: for real. And, and yeah. So
2: yeah. some people need medication and we have to be okay with embracing people in the church who may need medication. Some people can just get through it with just therapy. Some mm-hmm. people need therapy and medication, and that is okay. So
1: yeah. I'm gonna hit you back off of that so i agree with him that medication is important and now on the other hand (laughs) and (laughs) and like i said i'm not holistic and i'm a holistic therapist (laughs) now if your medication and and for the saints i I don't yeah i know y'all like to tussle if you like to smoke weed and and that keeps you calm as your therapist i'm going to tell you okay Want to know why because we have proven to have many benefits to, to certain mental health disorders and to um, calm people down so i'm going to tell you okay now make sure that it's legal in, in the state that you live in because you will not have me on first 48 at the end of this meeting okay but i'm just letting you know that now so just make sure it's legal but i'm just saying the medication is important but we also also do look at that some people may not like to take pills because of you know. Like, I don't like to take pills. I, and I'm I'm a liquid. Like, if it don't come in liquid form, what are the other options for me to take any type <laughs> of medication? Um, does it come with a gummy? Like, I, at my big age, does it come with a gummy? Is it, It's a smaller, like like a Skittle. Like, how small does this come? So, I do agree with, uh, with Pastor D'Art, though, that medication is a point that we need, we need to make sure that people are taking the medication and they're taking the as schedule, right? Because if you're not taking this medication, your mental health uh, conditions are getting uh, out of control. Not only are you mm-hmm. yourself, you're danger to other people as well. And and that's where, and, you know, like he said, if you're not a pastor, refer them to where they need to go. OK, I have. Please. I, I always tell people I will have you IVC before the end of this meeting. So <laughs> let, let's choose which route that we want to go. <laughs> Patient management, or you're gonna be involuntary committed, and you're gonna be there for a week with, with this. Hole I'm about to write up so cho- choose your options. And they usually go with the lesser two evils, which is we're gonna take the medicine, and we're just gonna meet back next week. There, we go. You're muted,
0: Jalen. Mighty lamb, but uh, <laughs> I was gonna say. While we're talking about this conversation, I might as well throw ahead, go ahead and throw in the last question because the last question is to Dr. Cloud, right? Okay. So does it mean that you lack faith in God because you go see a therapist or you take your medication? Oh,
1: what, you, what did you say, Mighty Lamb? Okay, I'm going to use it. <laughs> <Mighty> <laughs> so the answer to answer that question, <laughs> no, it doesn't mean that you lack faith. Let me tell you something. I don't think I had to tell you this. All right. No, it doesn't mean that you that you lack faith. You, I, I think it kind of puts you closer to God. Let me tell you why. Um, because when you were put on this earth, God put you on this earth as a vessel, right, to serve him. And, you know, to serve him and him alone, there will be no other guys before him, you know, one of the Ten Commandments. So the way I look at it is that if God put me on this earth to live and to serve him, how, how can I probably serve him if I'm not making sure that I'm fully attacked? right so to me i'm close i'm close to the guy you know when i'm taking care of myself because am I, if my yeah. mentally if i'm not not sound spiritually if i'm not sound physically if i'm not sound or mostly if i'm not sound then how am i able to hear the word of god um in the in the future right because somewhere one of those five senses is blocked off so i'm not able to hear what god is trying to tell me mm-hmm so i don't i don't believe that and i know a lot of people feel like you know i've had clients say to me i feel like that i'm going to i'm going against the church because i came here and got therapy No, what your church should have been doing is collaborating and saying that you are doing what you were putting this earth to do and that is to live how, how god wanted you to live and by taking care of yourself and by serving as his vessel you're taking care of what he put here on earth to be cherished and protected which is you so i'm, I'm just big on it and i always tell people that as well that we can't really receive the word of God or receive what our pastor is saying when we are we have yet to take inventory of what's going on eternally inside of us and taking yes. the preliminary action that we need to handle it. And true story, and I always tell people I can tell my story before, uh, like Pastor Darcy said earlier about suicide ideations, right? In grad school, stuff like that, going through depression and all of that stuff. Suicide ideation was nothing that I really knew about, but it's something that my therapist was able to tell me about. But when I started describing to her what my feelings were, my depression, right? Versus when I, when I talked to my pastor, it was completely different. Mm-hmm. His, his, his outlook was that that's just the devil. You just got to shake it up off of you and, and live right and accordingly. I do not follow my life accordingly to the Bible, and I tell people that every day. We go. I'm a, I'm a stray, I'm gonna walk around, I'm gonna skip a, a couple of scriptures, but I'm I still be living for God how I'm supposed to be living for God. And my therapist made it make sense to me as well. Is that you can ha- I can still have my faith base, but I need my therapy base because I need both. Yeah. I need both, and I think, and I think, and a true therapist or a social worker has a, has a therapist. And I tell people that all the time that I have a therapist. I'm gonna it in a heartbeat. And my therapist is not faith based but we do talk about faith. And that makes it more important because there would be moments where I feel like that, you know, did God give up on me? And my therapist will remind me that if God gave up on you, you won't be where you're supposed to be, he would have left you where you were prior to coming here. Now that that's it, that's cause I, I, I can go into a whole sermon and we're gonna be on this call a little bit longer. <laughs> Ain't nobody pastor, so y'all not finna go to here because of me. <laughs>
3: Going based off of what Dr. Cloud just said, I think that um from my own perspective, therapy brings clarity, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that God is not a god of confusion. So when you, like, when you're in session with somebody, I don't really know the way y'all start y'all sessions, but usually, like, of course, you build the therapeutic rapport and all that kind of stuff. But I I want the background information. You feel me? Like, I want the narratives. I want to know, like, what happened to you when you were younger so we can figure out why you why you choose to think and behave the way that you do now, right? <laughs> so I think that even when it comes to us as believers and we think about the church and why we cannot talk about therapy or why we choose to not talk about the mental health aspect and the piece of it is because it's been hidden for so long, you know, like nobody has ever told us that it's okay for us to address our feelings and our emotions. And also one thing that I've realized is that when we do choose to address them and you call somebody out out for not being healthy in a certain way, they feel that you're being rebellious, you know? Mm Um, And it's like, no, that's not a thing. Like, I'm really just trying to be healthy. So I think that I think that there's no such thing as going to therapy and you feeling as if that should be like contradicting your faith type of thing. Um, Just like we said earlier, faith without works is dead. So if I'm trying to work on me as an individual and if I'm trying to care for my mental health, how am I properly doing that if I'm not seeking out the help that God has presented me with? Or that God has put on this earth for me to to take hold of, you know, who God calls. He equips his will in the same way that like um, pastor was just saying the same way that he calls and equips these doctors. As far as physical health, he calls and equips it, uh, clinicians as well, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's my outlook on it.
2: I think it goes into uh, not anything about the medicine or, you know, does it mean I don't believe. But I think it goes into your your line of shirts that you're selling. You know, yeah. the fivefold is important. The you know the passion is important. You know, um, when we start looking at that, we should have a shirt that says the believer is important. And when we holistically look at the believer, um, yeah. we look at them as a person who is changing and and navigating. And we want to make sure that um, they have everything that they need. Why? The fivefold was given for the equipping of the saints.
3: Yeah. yeah, And
2: you know, for, 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 for an effectual work. So like we, we, they, they, we want them to be effective. So we need to believe that the same way the Lord anoints us to have these, these positions in the body of Christ, just like there's apostles for the church. There are apostles for the workplace. There are prophets for the workplace that God would anoint our pew members to go and be those things in the workplace mm-hmm. and be those things that we cannot. So I think it is important that uh, we as as believers accept the fact that God has anointed people to do this work so we can better serve our people like we can better make sure better make sure that we can we can we can make sure that that they are being um, duly equipped to be everything that God has called them to be. The Lord gave a promise to Jeremiah. He says, don't you know that before I formed you in your mother's womb, I already mm-hmm. knew you that mm-hmm. I, I already I already ordained you to do all of these things. And then we see Jeremiah not too long later after that, telling God, you deceived me like, I, you know, you you here I am. I'm the stuck going through all of this. You deceived me. And he was like, but when I try to shut up, I can't because it's like no matter when I try to hold back, it's coming out of me. Yeah. That, that Jeremiah was duly equipped and God understood that he was going to go through that moment. God understands that we have people in our churches that will go through these moments and he has gifted people in in the pulpit, people in the pews and people at the back door to make sure that his people are never left behind, forgot about or cast aside. So just like the fivefold is important, um, we have to understand that God has a fivefold in mental health and in other arenas that's important for his sons and daughters.
0: Uh, Absolutely. Get
3: outside the four walls of the church
0: (laughs) That's my (laughs) soapbox But I had another question Don on me I don't know if it's somebody watching live If it's somebody who's going to watch this later But what would we And somebody mentioned it earlier But what would we say to the person That's dealing with mental health issues But then they go to the church And they tell them that they have a demon Find a new pastor
1: you yeah, you, 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 would you want me to lie to you? Find them half. Let me you you go.
0: I'm not gonna play.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm legit. Was being so serious, right? I, I know you are. Any your church should be like home to you when you walk through them doors, right? As soon as you walk through them doors, it's you should it should feel like you're coming back home. Okay, I don't care how long you've been away from the church. How if you was just there on Wednesday for uh for you know. For supper or, or whatever you were there, it should feel like home. And if you go to your church and, you know, your pastor, anybody says that that's a demon, you need to find a new home, right? Because that that clearly shows that the people in that house do not care about you. And, it's, and my grandmother is very big on that. Go where you are accepted. Go where you are welcome and go where somebody will help you in your time of need. Because if you were going somewhere and you're telling them that this is what's going on with me, and they tell you that that's a demon, you need to pray it away, but don't give you the resources um, outside of it. It is not a place that you need to be at. Yes. Because your mental your mental health will suffer. They are gonna sleep at night and say, "Well, I did everything yes. I could do for them. I prayed. I told them what scripture to look at in the Bible. I told them exactly what I what we do for them doing Bible study. I got the woman's ministry praying over them as well. We're going to the prayer room. What else are we doing? And what else are we doing? Right. So leave. Find a place that will help you, that will refer you and make sure that prayer is fine. But I'm going to need a little bit more than just prayer. It's going to take a little bit more than than faith to, to help me get through what I'm going
3: through. And do not allow people to shame you or make you feel guilty for leaving to go get what you need. Come on leave so you can get what you need and I'm going to say this as well and a lot of people may not necessarily agree with it but God revealed to me that a lot of people in the earlier generations are stuck within the spirit of religion and the things that we learned within the spirit of religion are not of God like they're just not they these literally came from man like <laughs> this this stuff is not of God and I think that even now, like God has giving us the information and the tools and the resources that we need to address certain things. But it is our own ignorance as to why, like, the word is not getting out because we're choosing, we're intentionally choosing not to not to teach it, not to preach it. Can, can
2: you repeat that question one more time for me so I can see if I have a response?
0: Yeah, I just said, what would you say to the individual that if they are dealing with mental health challenges in their life, then they go to their church, they say that they just have a demon and they need to be delivered?
2: You need to go to a place that understands what's happening. <laughs>
3: I'm like, that's the only answer that, that I got really for you.
2: Is, that, that really is. The, like, you really need to go um, to a place that understands what's happening. Um and I, I, my heart aches for babes in Christ yes. who, who are clinging on to every word in their church and are suffocating and drowning in the process. Yeah. Um, and this is why we as pastors have to be okay with not knowing everything and just bring somebody else in when I want my, when I want my, now I can preach something to my church and say it a thousand times and they will ignore me. I would break in Pastor Ray Shipman, who's been commenting, bring him in. He will say it. They go, oh Lord. And I'll be like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I said that. I've been saying this. And y'all, but sometimes it's about going somewhere else or hearing it from another place. And I think it is okay for us to be okay as leaders to say, Nope, this is, this is out of my area expertise, but let me find somebody that can most definitely help you. And if we can't find nobody, we're going to keep looking until we do find somebody. We're going we gonna to knock on some doors until somebody responds to us. So yes, mm. if that's what your church is telling you and you know it's mental health and they said it's a demon, just go ahead and leave your last tithing check and go find another church home. And I promise you, you'll find <laughs> somebody that will help minister to the whole you, and not just a part of you. Don't leave the check, y'all.
1: Take the I was about to say,
3: you. take your ties uh, to the <laughs> next <laughs> church.
2: Okay, take your ties with you. You're right. Take it to the next church. So <laughs> the
1: roof one ain't gonna change, regardless. Take your ties. You. <laughs> but y'all
3: no, I, I I will say also that um, I think the way that that information is like presented to someone matters as well. Um, so even when we think about the way that like therapy is presented to people, we don't do therapy the same way for each one of our clients. You know, we have to present it to them in the way that they're going to receive it. Um, and I think that even when it comes to the church, we have no diversity in the way that we present things to people. I'm a hoop and I'm a holler and you're going to take this and that's what it's going to be type of thing. Like, but what if that's not the way that I'm able to receive information, you know, um, So, yeah, even when it comes to thinking about therapy, like, don't feel bad if you feel like you need to switch therapists. Like, I literally tell people all the time if it's not the right fit, change your therapist. Like, it's okay. Find what works best for you. They're not going to be offended by that because ultimately, we just want you to get what you need, what you feel that you need.
0: Absolutely. Well, Saints, is there any final words that you guys want to? Throw in on this topic, or anything that the Lord has placed on your heart before we prepare to close it on out.
1: I'm gonna tell y'all that <laughs> if at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is that you that you're gonna be okay, okay. And I'm gonna tell you that in in, in a heartbeat. Regardless on if the, if you go to church, if you don't go to church, whatever your religion may be, whatever your spirituality may be. As long as you are taking care of yourself at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Therapy does matter. I'll tell everybody that therapy does matter, but sometimes people don't want to go to therapy just right now. But I'm going to tell you this as well. The best therapy may not be with another person. It may just be you sitting outside, of, you know, enjoying nature. It may be, yeah. for me, I can sit in the corner and read a book, and I'm good for the day, right? That, that's just how that, my mom will tell you that in a heartbeat. Like, it may not be another person right in there because you may not be ready for that level of vulnerability. Take your time. Nobody's pushing you now on a, on another breath. If it's harming you or hurting somebody else, then, you know, make sure that you seek those resources that you may need to make sure that it's being treated. But just make sure that you're going to be okay at the end of the day, because, again, the church will always be there. God will always be there. You're going to be here until it's time for you to see the other side of what we call heaven. So why why you on this side the living side take care of that of that place that you call your temple your vessel and make sure that you're living right for yourself.
3: Yeah,
2: that's
1: all I got. Amen.
2: <laughs> um, I just want to, uh, I guess, leave by saying first off, I enjoyed myself, so you know this was good. Um, so glad to meet y'all, right? Um, but to anybody who's watching, who may be. Um, who may be struggling with their mental health and you feel like that you are losing. If you are watching this right now, I can tell you that you've been winning and you just don't realize it. And so as we always say in my church, I am so proud of you because when life got tough, you did not quit. And I want you to know that there is nowhere you can go, nothing you can do, that will hide you from God's promises and his plan. He is going to find you and his word will be fulfilled in your life. If you need therapy, go get some. If you need resources, you can reach out to all four of us. And I'm sure between the four of us, no matter what state or city that you're in, we can help you do it. And I really want you to know that you are loved and you are not in this thing by yourself. So you did it. i'm proud of you
3: amen i'm guessing we all doing last words so (laughs) um i guess i would say the thing that i want to leave y'all with is i always say this to all my clients that nothing that you um nothing that you refuse to expose or reveal has the opportunity to become healed you know Mm -hmm. um So if whatever you're going through, no matter if you feel like it's it's completely terrible, it's completely ugly, like God knows the innermost parts of you already, you know, Um, and he wants you to be the very best version of you. He wants you to be the whole healthy you Um, and you cannot accomplish that until you are until you make the intentional effort to choose that you're going to address the struggles that that you're having, the struggles that you've experienced, the things that people have done to you, all of these things, you know. And just like everybody on this podcast has said, like you're not in this alone. There are so many people who struggle with mental illnesses. We all have to some type of capacity. Um, but you have to make the intentional effort to seek the help that you need because you deserve it. You know, you deserve it. So
1: name it and claim it.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, uh I this has been great. I've loved this conversation. I feel that. We have uh, done what God has wanted us to do um, for this episode, and and I am pleased and I'm happy. Um, usually on Generation Now, at the end of it, I give a word, but I don't feel like I need to give a word because the word has already been given. Amen. So, um, you know, I believe that at the end of the day, I can't say or stress it enough. Like like Pastor Dart said that if, if you're watching us or listening to us, you 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 are you are winning every day. Um, every single day that you wake up, you make a conscious effort to to want to do better and be better and to make it is what matters. And you are consciously waking up every day making a decision to do better and be better. Um, but like he like it was stated already feel free to reach out to any of us. All of us are working. Um, I know I, me and Lakeisha are in Indianapolis. I know uh, Dr. Cloud is is up there on the East Coast, and and uh, Pastor Dart is, in, is in up in Detroit area, Michigan. So uh, feel free to reach out to us. We are all connected um, in various different ways and forms, and we believe that through the God in us that we can help you get connected to what you need to be successful. Um, I appreciate all of you all for tuning in that are watching this. Thank you, Lakeisha. Thank you, Dr. Cloud. Thank you, uh, Pastor Superintendent Dart, for your insight on today. Uh, this has been a great episode. Um, feel free that I know most of you are watching this on Facebook and YouTube. That if you want to go back and rewatch this, I'll leave this up on my YouTube and my Facebook. But if you want to catch it on a car ride, tune into Apple Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Or whatever it is that you choose to listen to your podcast It should be up um, I'll post it over there tomorrow So it should be ready tomorrow or the next day uh, So it should be up there by Sunday um, And like I said there's, there's no greater place to hear what God is saying Than here at Generation Now And we look forward to seeing you all the next time uh, Over here on One of the greatest podcasts on this pot side of heaven If I say so myself And I appreciate you all for tuning in And we'll see you all next time God bless you